1: 10 is on the daily sports talk show. is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. <laughs>
0: At the collegiate level, the collision course continues. At the high school level, we're into the final four. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas now. ESPN radio, SWX Montana television, and the ESPN MT app. That's a first. I'm not actually sick. But I've, I've lost my voice, sort of. I don't know why. Bobby Howe couldn't hear me at the press conference today. So uh, it's probably because I recorded for three hours last night on the Grizz Fan Podcast. <laughs> my annual appearance. I usually go hang out with the boys once a year. Of course, Mike Nugent, Brett Wahlberg, both uh, big-time supporters of the show. And uh, Lucas Alford, also a, a good buddy. So uh, fun hanging out with those guys last night. So I'll uh, I'll try to make the voice as clear and dulcet as possible. Ton to get to today. Uh, A Cat win in Bozeman early afternoon on Saturday. Then an Idaho win in Greeley late afternoon. And then a Grizz resounding victory Saturday night in Missoula. So, the three-way tie atop the Big Sky Conference continues. Two weeks left in the regular season. Montana heads to Portland State. Idaho heads to Weber State. Montana State plays their final regular season home game against Eastern Washington. So we'll go through all of that. We'll also give you scores from around the Big Sky Conference as well as around the high school ranks in the state of Montana. Uh, and that's all just an hour number one. Hour number two, we will be joined by the man, Marty Mornowig. More than a quarter century in the National Football League. He is our go-to guy when it to- comes to talking NFL, particularly on these Mondays, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty uh, coming at you during the 5 o'clock hour here uh, on New Now. If you're a loyal listener, you already know the rhythm and the rhyme of all of this. That's our standard lineup, Montana football hour, hour number one, Monday afternoon quarterback, hour number two. So thanks so much uh, for being with us. If you're new to us, well, also, thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Love new friends, love new listeners. So let's get right down to it. First of all, if you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you will find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can, 406-888-1029. That's 888 And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Of course, you can text and uh, call that line at any time. And of course, we're back now this week on the ESPN MT app. Grizz Hockey back uh, from their trip to uh, Utah this last weekend. And so they're back, meaning that we have the equipment back to put us uh, all the way around the world on all of your various mobile devices uh, via the ESPN MT app. So go ahead and download that. And uh, you can follow this show live or archived. You can follow Grizz Hockey live or archived and a bunch of other content coming up for you throughout the year on that ESPN MT app. Uh, as well, I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here on this Monday. My best of the weekend. First of all, it's just nice being home. I know I've complained a lot lately. <laughs> as Justin Engel says, yeah, well, poor you. You get to go watch football for a living. Uh, it wasn't as actually complaining. It, it just really is demanding to to be on the road, as everybody knows. But also, those those late games are really fun, but they're really really hard from a media perspective to turn everything around. But here now we are. Uh, this last weekend. I was here in Missoula, so that was cool. Thanks to everybody that came by and uh, said what's up to us for ESPN College Game Day show. It was certainly really cold uh, in the wind tunnel that we were in. We broadcast right there next to the river, right next to the the walking bridge there that goes across the river to the uh, University of Montana campus. So just the way it sort of funnels right down there, it's particularly windy uh, more often than not there. And so then when it's actually a windy day, it's really windy. The game itself was actually relatively mild. I don't think Sacramento State thought so, but uh, it certainly was relatively mild. And uh, I think a lot, I mean, you know, it was a a fine crowd. They announced it as, uh, you know, a sellout crowd. That was not true at all. There was a lot of open seats there at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I thought it was a fine crowd, certainly. Um, But I think the people that were there certainly got a, a, a great dose of what the Grizz can be. The Grizz have gotten better and better over the last five weeks. And they went from a team that Bobby Houck said multiple times that couldn't really pull away from their opponent to a team that's absolutely pulled away from their opponent two weeks in a row. How about 74 7 over the last two games for Montana? You could say, okay, one of those was against windless Northern Colorado. Well, 34 7 over the number seven team in the country is certainly a statement win. And the Grizz up to number three in this week's poll. So that was certainly uh, the news of the day coming out of the weekend, but it was just nice to be home. 6 p.m. kicks are a heck of a lot better than 8.30 p.m. kicks. You can certainly uh, at least get stuff turned around and uh, be in in bed by a decent hour, although I did not. I stayed out way too late on Saturday night. It was daylight savings, so I decided, well, we got an extra hour. And I'm in Missoula, so I might as well stay up till 3 (laughs) a.m. I'm fine, though. All good, not nearly as tired as I have been lately. So uh, that bodes well for all of you also uh gotta say happy birthday to my fiance's grandfather uh, Jerome he's the man he uh, turned 88 yesterday so this guy I mean this guy is like he's not like he's definitely one of my heroes he still goes to, he, he's re, he's been retired for years and years and years and years from his his professional career but he's a, a craftsman and a artisan and a, a a master knife maker so he sits in his shop and makes... Custom-made Damascus steel knives. At 88 years old, It does this pretty much every single day, seven days a week. And the stuff he makes, the uh, the details and the intricacies, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like watching a TV show when you go out there and see him. So happy birthday, uh, Grandpa Jerome, my fiancé's grandfather. And uh, I hope we all have great pursuits that keep us busy and engaged and... uh, Mentally sharp as we grow uh, older in age. Also got a chance to make some homemade pizza and watch some NFL last night. So that was great. Uh, What a great game between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Andrew was texting me that he was totally convinced that the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are the worst team in the NFL. Although they are now the best team in the NFL. So (laughs) at least the best record in the NFL. And a signature win over the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, man, I, I mean, I definitely had a, uh, some coin on the game. Definitely wanted Philadelphia to win because of uh, a betting perspective. Also, though, there's just really nothing that makes me happier than watching the Cowboys lose, especially when they do it because they just do such a, just standard things for what they are. So we'll get into that with uh, Coach Marty a little later on. And then I went, uh, like I mentioned, Grizz fan potting last night. So you can check out latest episode of the Grizz Fan Pod with yours truly on there. They do, those guys uh, do a great job. It's certainly distinctly different than what we do here. It's conversations about football, but uh, they come at it from a very casual uh, fan angle, and I think that's why people really enjoy it. But um, it was cool for to, to sit with those guys, and uh, it's also just cool getting to know them and being friends with them and, and all that sort of stuff. So you can check that out on all your various podcast hosting platforms. And then, of course, my last best of the weekend... The collision course continues. If both Montana and Montana State take care of business this upcoming weekend, then we will have, for the first time ever, a top-five showdown between the University of Montana and Montana State. And, oh, by the way, Big Sky title implications on both sides. If both teams win this weekend, then the rivalry game next weekend in Missoula, the winner of it will be guaranteed to share the big Santa Conference title. if Montana wins it uh, then they would be the uh, they would get the automatic qualifying bid depending on what Idaho does, but they would have the tiebreaker over Idaho. If the cats were to win it, then Idaho would get the uh, the overall uh, automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. But either way the winner of that game is getting uh, absolutely a top four seed I think probably but if the Grizz were to win it, I think they'd be the two. I think if the Cats were to win it and Idaho was to win it, I don't think the Cats would be the three and Idaho would be the two. And, of course, the Vandals could stub their toe. And if they, in that case, then that game would be certainly, if, uh, barring either the Grizz or the Cats stubbing their toes, that game would be for the outright two-seed and the outright Big Sky Conference Championship. And how much fun would that be? Collision courses are certainly what we are here for. This could be a historic Bobcat-Grizzly game. In a rivalry that's filled with so much rich history. Let's take a look at some of the playoff scores. Part of our Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzlers Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzlers Car Wash of Missoula, They're located right next to us here, Radio Way in Missoula. Uh, in Class AA, the brackets gone chock so far. Kalispell Glacier is the number one seed out of the West. They won their seventh straight game, bearing Missoula Sentinel. 46-12 to earn the right to host a semifinal game this upcoming weekend. The Wolfpack will take on Gal- uh, Bozeman Gallatin. The Raptors are into the semifinals for the second season in a row after pounding Helena High 40-6 last week. Bozeman High was the last undefeated team in A. They now are on a 10-game winning streak after having no problem with rival Butte. They dispatched the Bulldogs 31-7. The Hawks uh, will host defending state champion Helena Capital in a rematch of last year's. Um, state championship game. The Bruins, they've now won five in a row after they stuffed Billings West twenty-eight to six. So Helena Capital at Bozeman, Bozeman Gallatin at Glacier. That's your double A semifinals. How crazy would it be if Gallatin and Bozeman both won, and then you'd have the double A state championship in Bozeman Friday night, and then the Bobcat Grizz game in Missoula on Saturday. That'd be kind of wild. Uh, but certainly uh, the the two top teams from the west stand in the way of that. So we'll have a bunch of commentary and conversation about high school football um, throughout the rest of the weekend and certainly a heavy dose of it tomorrow. In Class A, Building Central's first loss ends its season as Columbia Falls posts an epic 21-16 win over the Rams in the Magic City. That was probably the upset of the weekend, but Columbia Falls is certainly red hot right now. Now they're into the Final Four. They will take on Corvallis. The Blue Devils, their dream season continues. They beat Laurel 24-17. to And so that means Corvallis will host Columbia Falls for the semifinals this uh, next weekend. On the other side of the bracket, Dillon remains unbeaten as uh, they get past Haver 28-21. And then they'll play host to the defending state champs, the Lewistown Golden Eagles, Fergus County, for those keeping track. Uh, Fergus beat Hamilton, 36 to 13, so just four left in Class A, just four left at all levels of high school football. Rather, in Class B, top-ranked Florence, now they'll take on Red Lodge in the semis after Florence beat Columbus 36-14, and Red Lodge blasted Three Forks 56-18. The other big upset: Jefferson took down Manhattan. The Panthers, excuse me, Jefferson will play Manhattan because they took down Eureka. Uh, the Panthers beat Eureka 33-32, and the Manhattan Tigers. Blanked Shepherd, forty-six to zero. So that means Manhattan will host Jefferson, and Florence will host Red Lodge. Uh, of course, Florence, the two-time defending Class B state champions, and uh, they're undefeated this year once again. It's Noz Doubt, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. In Class C eight-man, here's how the quarterfinals went down. R. Lee has been the darlings, the Cinderella story of the classification this year. And they won a a playoff game over drummond Phillipsburg, That's Flint Creek. But then they get trounced by perennial power Fairview. Fairview rolls it up on the Warriors 70-28. Fairview will play Fort Benton in the semis. Fort Benton, the Longhorns, they beat Superior 44-30. On the other side of the bracket, Ennis keeps on rolling. The Mustangs defeat Circle 61-26. And how about this for a this is a quarterfinal playoff score? Belt, the defending eight-man champions, looks like a team on a mission to repeat. They destroy Webo seventy to six. That's not a typo. Seventy to six in the playoffs, unbelievable. So yeah, team in Ennis that scored sixty-one this last weekend playing a team in Belt that scored seventy. <laughs> Bet the over. How about that for eight-man? A 60-point performance and two 70-point performances in the quarterfinals. Fort Benton's pulling up the rear with their 44 points in their victory. Uh, so uh, that should be fun to follow in the uh, the eight-man. See how many more offensive fireworks we can get. And then at the uh, classy six-man level, Freud Lake. They are the defending six-man champs. How about this for a shootout? <laughs> Ready for this one, Andrew? 79-75. In the six-man ranks. Amazing. Uh, Freud Lake gets past Chester joplin Inverness. How would you like to score 75 points and lose? That is uh, six-man in a nutshell, though. So Freud Lake stays alive for their bid for a second straight six-man title. How about this one for another six-man shootout? Harleton, Rygate, Judith Gap. They beat Hot Springs 65-60. to So on that side of the bracket... Yeah, add it up. You had 154 points in one game, 125 in the other game. Unreal. Bottom side of the bracket. Centerville, no trouble with West Yellowstone, 48-15, and then Custer Heisha Melstone. Uh, they they uh, breeze past Westby Granora, 65-28. So it's Centerville versus Custer Heisha Melstone, and then Freud Lake versus Harleton Rygate, Judith Gap. Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Big Sky scoreboard. Uh, this is just an order of when the games went final. Montana State beats Northern Arizona 45-21. to 21. Although the Lumberjacks certainly did backdoor cover for you sports gamblers out there. Uh, the, the Cats were 27.5-point favorites, and they were up. They had it well in hand. Uh, up 45-14, so they're up 31 points, had the spread covered, and then Northern Arizona scored with like 30 seconds left, so they backdoor cover. Idaho is in a slugfest with Northern Colorado, and Northern Colorado has the ball down 20-13, to 13, but driving, and then a pick six by Marcus Harris that he takes 70 yards for a touchdown, and Idaho uh, holds on 27-13. Jason Eck will certainly... Uh, very honest in the postgame press conference, he said, hey, we're happy to come down to Greeley and get a win, even though we didn't play any good. You know, he said, sometimes you just don't play well. He said, I don't really know how to explain it. We didn't play very well today, uh, but we got out of here with a victory, and uh, Idaho's still in first place uh, with two games remaining in the regular season. Eastern Washington gets back on the winning side, 48-13 over Cal Poly. Did you see this, though, Andrew? Cal Poly had three safeties in this game. So we had a, a three-safety game and a four-safety game in the Big Sky in the last two years. What, what, what would you get if you were betting on that? Right, exactly. I mean, 10,000 to one odds? I mean, it's it's more than that, probably. Completely uh, unlikely. Weber State beats Idaho State 33-21. UC Davis uh, rolls past Portland State 37-23. And Montana, in the nightcap for all the Big Sky Conference games, they drill number 7 Sacramento State, 34-7. to seven. We'll start with the game in Bozeman because we're going to lead with the game in Missoula. That's going to be the formative part of our conversation here in the meat of the Montana Football Hour. But in Bozeman, uh, Montana State, we talked endlessly last week about all the various different things that went wrong for the Bobcats at the Kippy Dome. Montana State had, uh, they only ran nine plays in the first 27 minutes of the game against Idaho they went three and out three times in a row. There was a lot of questions if that was because of flawed play calling or uh, indecision or wrong decision in the uh, run pass option elements of their offense or poor reads by quarterback Tommy Molina or what what the deal was. You know what? Why didn't the Bobcats just, as they always tout, run the damn ball? Well, Saturday they ran the damn ball and they ran the damn ball really dang well, uh, just like they do uh, so often. They ran the ball nine times in a row on their opening drive. It was filled with all sorts of creativity, and it was capped by a touchdown, and that opened the floodgates. Montana State scored touchdowns on all four of their first-half offensive possessions. They showed a great script uh, out the gates. They showed great adjustments and creativity in the middle of the the first half, and then they showed a great two-minute drill to get a touchdown right before halftime capped by Tommy Malott throwing a dime to Ryan Lonergan. And the cats were up twenty-eight-seven at halftime, and they never looked back. Here's Montana State head coach Brent Vegan, just on his team's start and his team's
2: finish. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate the the effort, the intensity that our guys came out with today, and it's uh, um, it's the only way you can move forward. Uh, you know, no, don't look back. Try to you know try to do better than the last time, I guess, but but more just be concerned about what can we do um, on this particular Saturday. to put Our best foot forward, and I think we did that from the start. Obviously, they made a few plays here and there, but um, we really by and large did the things we wanted to.
0: Brett Vegan here on Nuanas now after his team moved to five and one in big sky conference play. On the other side of things, a record setting night in Missoula for a variety of reasons. Montana certainly endured Sac State's uh prolific offense early. The Hornets looked great out the gate, they um. Marched down the field, got themselves in field goal range, then they missed a field goal, but then they got a stop, and it looked like Montana was not going to be able to do anything on offense. The Grizz looked poor on offense in the first 10 minutes of the game, and then Sac State gets a stop, and they, they march down, and they score a touchdown, and they're up 7-0. You're like, wow, Sac State's not scared of the Grizz still. You know They came into to Washington Grizzly Stadium with uh, a three-game winning streak over Montana, and Marcus Fulcher... The, the stud running back for Sacks State, he looked like one of the best players on the field. Caden Bennett, the quarterback, looked sharp. Offensive line looked like they were in sync, picking up Montana's pressures. And on the other side, Clifton McDowell looked like he was in a, just a state of disarray. He just not, didn't look confident and didn't have much flow. And the Grizz offense looked stuck in the mud. And the Grizz, as they've done for the last month and a half now, they kept pounding and they kept pounding and they made adjustments and they made adjustments. That is such a... a a huge part of this season is the ability to just on the fly. They were never phased. And then they built up a 21-7 lead at halftime. Well, then after halftime, Sac State was still in it. And the Hornets drive all the way down into deep into Grizz territory. The Grizz come up with a couple huge stops right down by the goal line to bring out the Sac State field goal unit. Then Sac State misses a 23-yard field goal. But still, they remain alive. Then they pinned a punt. Way down by their own end zone, and the Grizz uh, they run a quarterback sneak to give themselves some room, and it looks like they're just going to maybe do a couple dives and and uh, punt it, and just try to play the field goal position game, especially up two scores. And then instead, completely out of character, we'll get to this a little bit later on in the show, just the the ins and outs of this. But Clifton McDowell takes a shot to Keelan White, he beats one guy and races 97 yards for the longest touchdown in not only Washington Grizzly Stadium history with the longest touchdown in the history of University of Montana football. It's a storied history, to be sure. It broke a record that stood since 1997. Brian Ayotte hit Jimmy Ferris for a 90—I think, 93-yard touchdown against Portland State back in 1997. So some 26 years later, Clifton McDowell to Keelan White. That is the new record for longest touchdown uh, in Grizz football history. All of that, though, is overshadowed by the man of the moment, Bobby Houck. He became the winningest coach in the history of the Big Sky Conference. He has now 124 wins against just 35 losses in his 12 seasons at the helm at his alma mater. Here's Bobby Houck. His opening statement after his team's 34-7 victory over number 7 Sacramento State Saturday night.
1: It was a good win to, uh, to beat a good Sacramento State team 34-7 and after, score 34 straight after being down 7 nothing early was, uh, was a great effort by our team. Um, I just really love our guys. I think we have such uh, quality young men on our team and in our locker room. They're a joy to coach, and uh, they're a credit to Montana. And they went out and took that game and, and uh, took it strongly. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, my football team and the guys in my locker room. And uh, I, I, uh, I can't wait for next week. Uh, I think we're getting better every week.
0: And as Andrew Houghton so uh, accurately and uh, eloquently wrote in his game story on SkylineSportsMT.com, I haven't even really even seen you since then, man. Good job. Uh, great job, actually. Love the, the game story that you wrote. Um, but it, it's true. It's fitting. M- Montana... They turned a corner, and they went from a team that was in disarray to a team that started getting better, and then a team that really adjusted to improving. And then they sort of ham and egged their way through a homecoming win over Idaho State, and then they got better. And then they went on the road and beat a ranked opponent for the first time in a long time, beating UC Davis by eight. So not, not any sort of runaway, but certainly a good execution, taking advantage of, of their opportunities. And Then they got better. And they went to the Kibby Dome, and they knocked off one of the uh, top-ranked teams in the, in the FCS in Idaho. And then they got better. And they come out of their bye, and they look like all-world. I know Northern Colorado's got no wins, but I don't care who you are. If you're holding a Division One team to 94 yards of offense, and they're going 1 of 15 on third down, you are balling out of your mind on defense. And then they got better. And then they I mean, this game was crazy because there was a ton of hype around it, and Sac State showed up wanting to fight. And they they were ready to fight. And then they literally got in a fight. We'll get to all that, the craziness after a little while as well. Montana's not the team I'd want to pick a fight with right now. This Grizz team has exceptional belief. They have a variety of guys on their roster that it's their last seasons as Grizzlies, and they are playing way far above their heads. And that that's what it takes. You got guys playing their your best football, and they got a dozen plus of them right now that are seniors on this team playing their best football. And that's why they've surged all the way to number three in the polls. It's been impressive to watch. I think a lot of people buried the Grizz. Thought they were dead and gone after the Northern Arizona uh, loss in Flagstaff. Well, don't look now. The Grizz have won five league games in a row, and they are at least inside track. Not going to say driver's seat quite yet, but they are inside tracked towards a big sky title if they can take care of business. But if they win their last two, they are absolutely the Big Sky Conference football champions. No is now ESPN Radio. It's our Montana Football Hour. It's presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Dazzler's Car Wash is the most efficient and thorough. It's not often you get both those, both those things in the same combination. They're efficient and fast. Also thorough. Do a heck of a job with your vehicle. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Of Missoula. Three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Bobcats. Next, keep it right here. No one is now, ESPN Radio. keep getting trolled on Instagram. They know how old I am now. So I got a, a trolling alert this today. It's actually not trolling. It's actually cool. But uh, they said, these 15 songs turned 30 years old this month. <laughs> so that's what we're playing, 30-year-old hip-hop here uh, on Nwanda's Now. That's at least until Coach Barty gets here. Then, of course, as he always says, there's only two types of music, country music and Western music. So that's what we're going to be playing at hour number two. Uh, welcome back to Nwanda's Now, ESPN Radio. We gave you a bunch of Class C, 8-man, and 6-man scores earlier. And Fairview's had uh, so many great athletes over the years. And I was wondering, okay, who does Jeff Welch and his Montana greats from Abzorki to Zurich, the uh, 264 greatest athletes from 264 Montana communities? Who's he got from Fairview? He's got Marty Kinsler. Only one player can say they're first in any category when it comes to t- scoring 2,000 points at the high school level. Kinsler surpassed their barrier first. She finished her Fairview High School career with 2,053 points and earned All-American honors. This is in a town of 1,000 people. That's amazing. Kinsler was an All-State player all four years uh, for the Warriors in both basketball and volleyball, and she didn't slow down at Montana, where she was an All-Conference player who finished in the program's top 20 in six different statistical categories. Kinsler was inducted to the MHSA Athletics Hall of Fame in 1996, now, Marty Kinsler Vining, she lives in Great Falls, and her daughter Haley played basketball at UM. I actually covered Haley Vining. So uh, I remember that her mother was a, uh, a Grizz alum, but I did not know she had such a decorated high school career. So there you go, a little Fairview action for you. Montana football hours do three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats. First of all, the Grizz just keep getting better and better and better. And that's the formula, that's the system, that's what Bobby Houck wants. This was absolutely the, the trademark of Bobby Houck's tenure, his first time around at Montana from 2003 to 2009. His team's always played great, particularly down the stretch in October, November, December. Well, this year, excuse me, this time around, uh, we, were, we were talking about this the other day, uh, myself and Ryan Tuttle were. The Grizz uh, in games before... Um, the second week of October, the, the the previous seasons before this one, the Grizz were something like eighteen and three in those games, and then they were something like fourteen and twelve down the stretch. So it certainly hasn't been as customary the last couple years that the Grizz really finished with a flurry. That's so colored by the fact that they've lost five out of six to their rivals in Montana State. But this Grizz team certainly feels different. I'm not ready to make any predictions or proclamations about the rivalry game in two weeks. And and in fact, we won't be making any predictions because I just think that we're going to enjoy the ride on both sides and just give you all the great stories and interviews and commentary and all that stuff. But we're not going to be making picks uh, because we usually don't. It's a no-win situation for us uh, here at both ESPN MT as well as Skyline Sports. But this Grizz team, they deserve a heck of a lot of credit for the the way they were able to, to... right the ship the way that they're able to uh, get back on track and improve so noticeably every week for the last five weeks. Here's Bobby Elk on those improvements. You talked all year about how this team doesn't seem to really get phased by much. I mean, how important was that in this game, and how are you guys able to turn the momentum and then carry the momentum for pretty much the rest of the game?
1: Well, I think it starts with the fact that they're trained in a manner that develops physical and mental toughness. And it shows up in situations like that. Um, Sort of like, you know, when we were at Washington a couple years ago and beat them, they went right down the field less than two minutes and scored, and then we shut them out for 58 minutes. So uh, that's the metal of this team. It's how they're trained, and uh, it's not surprising to me. Can
0: you talk about your defensive uh, game plan in this one? I mean, it seemed like you really crossed them up, especially uh, in their passing game.
1: We did. You know, they—I think they only completed like thirty percent, thirty-three percent, something like that. Um, we had some. We had some good things for them. Um, certain formations, certain coverages were were better than others, and we got it dialed in. Um, Their offense was a little different based on which quarterback was in. We didn't have much film on the on the young kid, uh, but we had some theory on what we should do against him, and I, I thought that was effective. Um, basically, it comes back down to our guys play hard, and um, they weren't holding the ball very much. You know, They were, they were getting rid of it, and their, their timing wasn't quite right because of that, and uh, they struggled to complete passes. Bobby here on Nuanas now.
0: That one little tidbit in there that he mentioned, Andrew, was that the offense was different when Texas had both quarterbacks in. We heard from Chris Ball and Andy Thompson last week, two defensive-minded coaches, all about their theories on this two-quarterback system. There's a variety of teams right now in the big sky running two-quarterback systems. Montana proclaimed they were going to, and then they did for the first month of the year. It didn't work at all. You could say they ran two quarterbacks against Northern Colorado. Part of that's because they were just running Northern Colorado out of out of Washington Grizzly Stadium. There was no no two quarterback system on Saturday. It was Clifton McDowell from stem to stern. So maybe Montana has backed off of that theory. But Sac State's doing it. NAU's doing it. Montana State's doing it. They don't have an offense or they don't have a defensive minded coach. They have an offensive minded coach. I just thought it was peculiar watching Sac State. It just, it just seemed forced and it seemed non beneficial to the Hornets. Well, that was always the strength of that two
2: quarterback yes. system under Troy Taylor, right? It just seemed like whatever the situation was, they had the right guy for it. Uh seemed like, you know, like a great manager in baseball, knowing when to go to his bullpen, knowing who to bring out of his bullpen. Troy Taylor had a, a great
0: uh instinctual ability to do that with Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara. But I, I didn't get that from Sac State this time. I mean, you go down, you score, you look great. The next series, Caden Bennett's out, and Carson Conklin, the freshman, is in, and you don't score again, and that's not the reason why they didn't score again. Montana's defense played great, but I just thought that was a, a weird time to go to the bullpen, right, for Sac State. I mean, so much about how you attack the Grizz defense has changed. It used to be all you got to do is stand in the pocket and take a hit. So playing multiple quarterbacks does a couple of things. It gives you... Variable elements to your offense that might throw that pressure off And it also takes some hits off of guys Well, that's not necessarily the case anymore Montana's switching the coverages up on the back end a whole bunch So having one quarterback The coverage stuff on the back end the Grizz are doing That's confusing Having multiple quarterbacks come in And having Conklin come in when they're already in the flow of the game And they're already switching things up It's it's infinitely confusing That's why Sacks they completed like 30% of their passes on Saturday night So great job by the Grizz defense I'm still just sort of perplexed uh, by this, um, this uh, how enamored so many coaches are with this dual quarterback deal. Second, main thing about the Grizz, Clifton McDowell. I think first of all, I think that there's a couple parts about him that people aren't analyzing as much as they should. People think of him as as a mobile guy who's you know fine as a thrower, good as a runner. His composure, his ability to bounce back and his ability to just straight up be a flat-out baller and make plays in big moments is one of the things that's setting the Grizz apart right now. He threw a terrible pick, which was his first pick of the year this year, and then he comes back and throws a 97-yard touchdown. He, he seems unflappable. He seems to be able to bounce back when bad things happen, and he also seems to be able to rise to the occasion. I think that's been a huge difference maker uh, for Montana. I also thought it was a departure from what we've seen for years and years and years out of Coach Hauke. And and this is not a a criticism at all. Bobby Hauke is a phenomenal special teams coach and a phenomenal manipulator of field position. That's why he wants his teams to dominate as much as any other element of the game. When his team gets pinned down on the one-yard line, he's almost always just going to run the ball three times and punt it and just get his defense back on the field. Well, that's not what they did on Saturday. Instead... They ran it up the middle once, and then they took a shot up the Sac State sidelines, and Keelan White outran everybody for the longest touchdown in Washington Grizz and University of Montana history. And it was the straw that broke the camel's back that put Montana up 28-7. Sac State basically tapped out after that,
1: and the Grizz cruised from there. Here's Bobby Howe and Keelan White on the record breaker. It's a good situation for a couple things. You know, we were in quarterback sneak to get it out of the one-foot line and give ourselves a little room. But uh, you know, on, a, on the defensive side, you always coach them to expect a shot there. Uh, like to play off coverage, and uh, it's it's a good place for hard count. It's a good place for a, for a shot play. Um, certainly, taking a shot there ended up being great. Uh, it's a lot easier to get 97 and one than than 97 and 15 plays. So. Yeah, I mean, we were staying in the huddle the whole time, like, let's go March, like, let's go 99 down the field, let's do it. And um, we had seen that
0: look earlier in the game, and Cliff said next time we get that look, he's going to pump the the out route to junior because that boundary corner was biting on it. So we pumped it, and then that was open over the top. Cliff made a great throw.
1: Crazy after you scored
0: that? Uh, I mean, it was great. Nothing better than scoring in Juan Gris, that's all I can say. He's White's really emerged as a, an outstanding player for the Montana Grizzlies. Third big thing about the Grizz, Bobby Houck now the all-time leader in Big Sky history and wins. And it's a landmark moment for him, University of Montana, and the Big Sky Conference. Coach Houck said he doesn't necessarily want to reflect on it too deeply during the season, maybe wait for after the season, but the milestone is his. Here's Bobby Houck on that record-setting win.
2: Bobby, like Eric mentioned off the top, it was kind of a record-setting night for you, for the team, for Keelan, just all these. What's it like to be part of a night like this where you get the coaching milestone and then you guys are breaking some records and winning a top-ten game?
1: Well, it it was cool in terms of, uh, you know, like Justin Green was here for the first win. He was here for this one. Andy Thompson was here for the first win, so was Craig's Paulson, and they were here tonight. And there's a couple guys on their coaching staff I coached Donnell Pumphrey at uh, San Diego State uh, and then obviously my guys it, it was fun to be able to share that with them and, and uh, after the season I'll reflect on some of that a little bit but uh, very grateful for the opportunity to, to uh, uh, hit that milestone coaching wise and grateful the guys that got me into coaching and gave me chances and then also grateful for uh, for my football team, which is a damn fine football team.
0: Here's Tyler Flake, senior linebacker, former walkout out of Missoula Big guy, plus Keelan White on the milestone for Coach Oak. Yeah, you know, I grew up uh, watching every Grizz game, coming to every home game, and I watched him. I was just a little guy when I was watching him. His first time around here, but i spent the last six years of my life here. I Can't thank him enough for everything he does. He's a awesome coach, great leader, and uh,
2: he puts us in a great position. Congrats to him.
0: Yeah, um, I second that. <laughs> um, I didn't really know much about this place, to be honest. When I was a freshman coming in, I was trying to get anything I could, but I'm glad I made the decision to come here and be coached by him. So. Montana Football Hour presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. Let's do three big things about the Cats. First of all, For all the criticisms that you possibly could have had about Montana State coming out of the Idaho game, slow start, flawed play calling, poor execution, inability to move the chains, bad reads in the RPO, disadvantageous time of possession. Montana State answered every single one of those questions immediately. Their first drive was a thing of beauty. Their second drive was a thing of beauty. The whole first 30 minutes of the half – was like uh, an offensive clinic in running the RPO. Tommy Malotte was as sharp as he's been. If you were to give him an efficiency rating and making the right reads, I think that's about as good as it's been since he's been the quarterback there at Montana State. And that sample size certainly is getting pretty good. And uh, for those that were yelling, run the damn ball. It's exactly what Montana State did. Yet again, another 300 plus yard rushing afternoon for the Bobcats. Here's Brett Vegan. Uh, on that element of Montana State's 45-21 win over Northern Arizona. Yeah, rushing the football uh, Look, that's the statistic, 47 carries 343 yards, that's kind of what this Bobcat team has been about throughout the year.
2: Yeah, and and right from the start, you know to to be able to set the tone um, at that first drive um, you know, uh, Set the tone up front. Set the tone getting, getting to the perimeter. Um, a bunch of that first drive and and, and cash in. I, you know, I, I think that's that was our obviously in our our intention. You know, and then the defense was able to follow it up um, with a three and out, and we were able to score again. And um, you know, I think we were off and running from that that point. You had as many rushes today as you did plays last week, and you had 12 on the first drive. How important was it, to, or how much was the mindset to run? Well, that first drive. It was just to get a first down. I think that was the biggest thing. However, we did it uh, just to move the chains and, you know, have a, a, a positive beginning to the game, um, set the tone however you want to look at it. And, you know, um, I think we we absolutely did that. Um, but, yeah, that was critical, you know, critical to get the game up, started off on the right foot. And and we did that, and, and it, was in, it was a run game, that first drive that was a, a little bit of everything. Well, the other
0: big... Uh Points of conversation coming out of Montana State's loss at Idaho was the continued struggles of Brendan Hall as the field goal kicker. Hall's been absolutely nails as the kickoff specialist, and he's been great as the punter, but he really struggled kicking field goals. Had only made one field goal over 30 yards all season long, and if you count blocks and uh, kicks that were negated by penalties, he had missed six straight kicks, including the game winner against Idaho, so they talked after the Idaho game about making a change. Last week they made that change. They went from a kid they went to a kid from Butte, America, and it's not a lot. Casey Kautzman made his debut as kicker. And you're happy with Casey Kautzman, stepped in there and, and got his opportunity and took advantage of
2: it? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, um, perfect on extra points. Had the the field goal opportunity and then and, and put it through. So that's that's what we hope. You know, that's what we expected of Casey, and he got the job done today.
0: Not an easy first field goal attempt. It's from 43 yards away, so certainly a, a lengthy kick. And so, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a good adjustment for Montana State. If you got a guy that's sort of stuck in his head like Brandon Hall was, but then also still has the, the ability to contribute in other two important areas, I think that that's a it's a good move, and it gets more talented guys on the field. Third big things about the Cats, Well, the biggest strengths Montana State's had is their outstanding tight end play and the versatility of their two senior tight ends, Derek Snell and Trayton Pickering. As we reported on the show last week, Derek Snell suffered an injury that Brent Vegan confirmed will keep him out for at least the duration of the regular season and maybe even into the playoffs. So that's a big hit. We talked about and also had Ryan Lonergan on the show. He's a Bozeman high kid who sort of waited his turn and he filled in for Snell at the Sack State game. It took him a little while to, to gain his footing, but once he did, he played well. Well, then on Saturday, Trayton Pickering also went out against Northern Arizona. That sounds like it's going to be a week-to-week thing. They do expect him back pretty quickly, but they did uh, take him out of the game with a three-score lead uh, to sort of preserve him a little bit. But now it's Ryan Lonergan's show. Hunter Province, who's a a true freshman tight end, he's the the other guy there uh, on the depth chart, but Ryan Lonergan... He's got big shoes to fill. He's filled them well. He kind of touched that right before halftime, that I thought was, uh, and maybe not a nail in the coffin, but certainly a pivotal score to end the first half to give Montana State a 21-1 point lead at halftime, and the Bobcats cruise from there uh, over Northern Arizona. Here's Brent Vegan uh, again on Ryan Logan
1: and then you mentioned Ryan earlier just I know tight ends kind of a banged up position right now him filling in catching that touchdown pass what thinking you think
2: today? Yeah I think we felt like you know Ryan is a very capable guy and he just uh, happens to be behind um, two really good players and Derek and Trayton and you know he's continued to gain um, experience being that, that third guy now the second guy and then you know as it turned out today for much of that game he was he was the top guy and then Ryan's uh, you know been around here a long time he's uh, he's got all the all the tools and you know he was able able to flash a few of them today catching that football. And here's the man
0: himself, Ryan Lonergan, certainly. See, I, I think this is a great story, and we've talked about it several times, but I'm just going to keep harping on it because it's easy to leave. And I understand leaving because you want elevated opportunities. But there's also such lessons to be learned by staying. And if you stay, you're going to get opportunities as well. And then when those opportunities arise – you take advantage of those opportunities, then you can have memories that you'll never forget. I mean, of course, everybody's going to remember their own football career or whatever, but, I mean, okay, Ryan Lonegan transfers somewhere else. Let's say he's catching a whole bunch of balls at Tarleton State or something, you know. He's playing at Texas A&M Commerce or I don't know why I'm just naming Texas schools, but whatever. I mean, he goes anywhere. That's fine and dandy, but would he actually be able to score a touchdown in the stadium he's been going to since he was a little kid and be contributing on a true national championship contender? I don't know. I really don't. But testament to him for sticking around. Here's Ryan Lonergan. Yeah, I know that was definitely special, Uh, that two-minute drill. We were marching down the field, and I saw that they were man at the last second, and I didn't really expect the ball, but that's not a man play. But Tommy threw it, trusted it, and yeah.
1: I mean, your your Bozeman zone did it in Bobcat Stadium. How does it feel, you know,
0: hometown here? Ah, uh, yeah, I can't put it into words. That was awesome. That was a great experience.
1: What's it like? You, I mean, you got both tight ends out now. You were already had a new load on. Now you've got like double that. So uh, how's that? You know, how are you adjusting to that, and how are you, you know, dealing with that?
0: Yeah, definitely, it's it's something that, like. I felt definitely more comfortable out there today than I, I did the previous game with Snell being down, but uh, it's just you gotta trust your training, you gotta trust what you like your film study and just go out and play with even the sport you've been playing for however many years. There you go. there's third big thing about Montana State is the Montana Football hour more on the Grizz. dare I say signature victory over Sacramento State? Next, keep it right here. Montana Football Hour, presented by Dazzlers Car Wash of Missoula, rolls on. It's Nuan Is Now, ESPN Radio.
1: One, two, three. New one. Is
0: now on
1: ESPN
0: Radio. 30 years old, crazy. This song, not me. I'm well past 30. Welcome back. Nuan Is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Only a couple minutes left here on the Montana Football Hour. So why not talk some basketball? Lady Grizz are debuting their season tonight. Gonzaga in town. How cool is that? That's uh, I could go on a whole rant about the differences in scheduling between men's and women's basketball. It's way better on the women's side. There's a lot of reasons for that, but mostly it's because money doesn't get in the way nearly as much. They can just sign home and homes or home, 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 and homes. Like I think that they're going to go to Gonzaga two or three times in exchange for Gonzaga coming here. But at least Gonzaga will come here. Gonzaga would never come to Missoula to take on the University of Montana. N- not for any amount of money. That That's silly. It's silly. When I was in college, one of, my, one of the best moments I had, two t- times two, was watching Bruce Pearl's Wisconsin-Milwaukee team, which was ranked in the top 30 at the time, come to Missoula. And also watching Mike Montgomery's Stanford team, who had been in the Final Four recently before they came to Missoula, uh, and the Grizz beat them. And that was the one of the pivotal factors to Montana getting a, a 12 seed and then going on to win an NCAA tournament game, which was the last time a Big Sky Conference team has won a game uh, in the Big Dance. I digress. I think that the game tonight is going to be really fun. The tag is good. They bring a bunch back. Lady Grizz are certainly going to be uh, a work in progress, not because of lack of talent. They have a ton of talent. It's just about, about putting it all together. But... Oh, look now, basketball is here. The Grizz men's team has a home game tomorrow as well. Northwest Indian College is in town to take on Montana. I mean, that's the example right there. You know, people dog on the the men's teams for playing these non-D1s. Well, guess what? If you play a D1 that has a low net ranking, even if you beat them, it impacts your net ranking negatively. So therefore, if you play non-D1s, it doesn't count towards your net ranking. So it's actually more advantageous in certain ways especially if you want to play home games early, to play non-D1s. That's a flawed formula. They should fix that, especially uh, on behalf of the mid- and low-major teams in Division I uh, college men's basketball. Tons of playoff scenarios going down in the Big Sky Conference, but I think it's as simple as this when it comes to the football. I think if the Cats and the Grizz win this week, the, the, uh, the rivalry game will certainly be for uh, at least a share of the Big Sky title. If don't takes care of business all the way down the stretch, They're going to be the outright big—not the outright. They'll get the automatic bid if there's a a tie, a two- or three-team tie atop the standings. If Idaho somehow slips up, then that means the rivalry game will be for the outright title. If the Grizz win the rivalry game, they will be the two-seed because they beat Idaho, and then Idaho would get the three, and the Cats would probably get the four, five, or maybe six. If the Cats win the rivalry game— then I think that Idaho, and Idaho takes care of business, then Idaho would be the two, the Cats would be the three, and the Grizz would probably fall to six. So still plenty to be determined. The other one I'm so interested in is uh, Sac State got Cal Poly this week, so I think they'll win that game. That'll probably get them playoff eligible, seven Division One wins. But then if UC Davis beats Idaho State, then the Cosway Classic between Davis and Sac could also be for a playoff spot. Or maybe even two. Davis wins that. Maybe them and SAC are both going to the playoffs. Maybe the Big Sky gets five in. As of right now, I think the Big Sky, if, if SAC State wins against Cal Poly, they're certainly getting four. But we'll see. Maybe Davis can play their way back in, but they're going to have to win two straight down the stretch. They're going to have to win at uh, Idaho State, and they're going to have to beat SAC State down the stretch. So those are playoff scenarios as of right now. Two weeks left in the regular season. Thanks to Dazzler's Car Wash for being the presenting sponsor of or Montana football hour. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. They're located right next to us on Radio Way out here on North Reserve in Missoula. Most efficient and uh, thorough car wash you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornaweg in studio with me, Colter Nuanas. That's next. Keep right here. ESPN Radio.